Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, the horn. Let's go. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Young and educated play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. I can't believe it, but we're back. Why don't we spend some time talking about the quarterback and running backs? Uh, why don't you kick us off with one of those two positions? Man, we got to start with quarterback, man. Uh, you know, after that first scrimmage, I was excited to to see some quarterback stats. And uh, were, were you surprised there was none to look at? Well, you know what? I wasn't. I think we're telling a lot by not uh, distributing those stats. I also think it's a little bit telling, or not telling, but uh, you know, if if I'm gonna overlook it without making too big of a deal, uh, I guess I'll give a nod to the weather and maybe the drops and any other excuse I guess that we could come up with for uh, not releasing stats, right? <laughs> okay, but uh, really, you and I both know why there's no stats release, right? Yeah, I mean, I come think on, so. Saban doesn't want to fuel the fire here, right? I mean, everybody and their brother has heard that Jacob Coker is going to be the guy. He was asked at SEC media days how many times a day about Jacob Coker. At one point, you know, he even referenced to the to the reporters. He said, y'all aren't asking me any questions about Blake Sims. He actually asked the reporters that. Or, or, or let me correct myself. I think what he actually said was, is Blake Sims is actually having a good camp also. So when your coach has to force – turning the attention away from one quarterback, I think he's just trying to manage the situation as best he can. Yeah, you know, he is doing that. And we've seen the stats released, you know, in the past where they're, you know, incomplete stats, but they're, you know, purposely similar. You know, we go back to uh, uh, Sims and uh, and, uh, and McCarron several years ago, right? Uh, Philip Sims and, and, and McCarron several years ago. We saw that, or even the A-Day was kind of contrived to make sure that plays were called and, and, and such to, to make sure that the stats were pretty easy and even. Uh, that was pretty, uh, I think, clear to see kind of looking back at that. And so one way to manufacture even stats is to just, you know, distribute no stats. <laughs> yes. So, I think that our position, you know, and, and I think we combine, everyone's kind of hot and heavy on the quarterbacks. And in fact, we actually did just a couple of weeks ago, we did a full, you know, 45 minute show or whatever it was talking about the quarterbacks. And so I don't know that materially our position has changed on that. Uh, I think that 
that uh, Blake is performing well in practice, but he always performs well in practice. I don't think that right. there's anything sort of new or shocking there. I think, uh, you know, if we were to look towards something that maybe means something or is meaningful, uh, it would be Cooper Bateman is performing very well and really opening some eyes. And so I think that leads to to him getting some playing time. And 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 I'll tell you what was interesting to me is uh, a couple of weeks ago at a, at a press conference, you know, a week or so, I guess, maybe, you know, Saban came out and he said, look, who's going to win the quarterback battle? It comes down to three factors. And Tommy, I'll give you two other factors because one of them, one of them answers the question. The first factor he says is the the starting quarterback will be the guy who displays the best judgment, the best decision making on the field. Do you need to look any further? No, I think I'm good. I'll I'll think I have to go past the first one. But go go ahead and give the listeners the other ones. Yeah, it's you know he's the second one gets on to most accuracy and the guy who can make the the chance to make the most plays and then leadership. And uh, you know I'll give Blake marks on leadership i'll give him uh so so marks uh on accuracy and and playmaking because he can make plays more so with his legs than his arm but he he can make plays uh it's the decision making and the judgment and uh really i go even just back to the last two a days where uh his his decision making his judgment has been a little suspect Uh, i think he'll play i do think he'll play i don't think he starts and i think we see bateman so last year it took till almost the last game of the season to get a third quarterback in when Alec Morse came in with two snaps, and that's all that the third quarterback got. Uh, I think the third quarterback gets more than two snaps first game of the year. The first game of the year? Really? Yeah, I think we're in a, I think I think coach kind of realizes, and it's probably been some conversation with Lane uh, Kiffin bringing in some fresh perspective, but I think we can sit here realistically and say, we are in a situation of our own making. And the fact that we were able to get Jacob Coker really is bailing our hind end out of water. And the situation of our own making is we run a pro-style attack and we did nothing and we have done nothing over the last two seasons to develop and groom a second pro-style quarterback. We've run Blake Sims out there a couple of years ago because his style is offense served as our running game because we had a lot of injuries. Well, last year there was no excuse. We had depth at running back, and we continue to run Blake Sims, you know, so he could run his his spread option. We've done nothing over the last two years to develop a pro-style quarterback, so we have to go find under rocks uh, someone like a Jacob Coker to come in and sort of bail us out. I think I think that there's going to be some realization that, hey, the surest way to prevent this from ever happening again is develop guys when you have a chance during the season. And guess what? You've got some guys on the team. You know, last year we could have played uh, the Del Rio kid and 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 see what what he could have done. We could have played Bateman some last year. We would have played Morris some last year and really put them out there in some of these blowout games that we had and see what we have uh, to develop. And so I think that we're going to realize, yep, we're not going to make that mistake again. Let's put some of these other guys out there and see what they can do. I think we see more than uh, two snaps from the backup quarterback first game of the year. Well, I do think that had we done that, right, maybe some of those quarterbacks like Adele Rio would have possibly hung around. And so if you look at a Bateman, right, we've talked about how good he looked at the A-Day game. 
you know, against a pretty good uh, group of defender, you know, a group of uh, defense uh, players that he was playing against. I want him to get some reps just because I think he's earned reps at the end of a game, but also to show a commitment to him for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think I think Del Rio and look, he was a freshman and Saban's never played a, a true freshman. And so there's a little bit of that. And he was a walk on and 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 I understand sort of all of all of that pedigree kind of thing. But I think there's a little bit that says, hey, he may have been the next best quarterback on the roster. And we don't have much going into next year. So let's get the kid out there and let's get him some playing time. And when that didn't happen, and Del Rio saw, hey, you know, he's at practice every day. He knows where he thinks he fits in. So he's a little reasonable. He can be reasonable in that. And he sees that, you know what, I'm as good as anyone on this roster. And what are they going to do? They're going to get someone else. I think you said, see you, suckers. I'm out of here. Sure. No, I agree with that totally. Well, what do you what do you think about Jacob Coker so far? You know, now that you've got to see some video on him, what's your take on his performance so far, you know, this this far into fall camp. Yeah, so far, and it's tough to tell, right? It's camp, it's video. They're playing against, you know, skeletons and 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 whatnot. But, uh, you know, what I keep hearing, and this is telling for two reasons, right? But what I keep hearing is he throws a good deep ball. And, uh, uh, you know, he's got a live arm, a lot of zip, he's accurate, and he throws a good deep ball. Well, all of those things are, are really good, are really uh, impressive. What's telling is, that must mean we're throwing a lot of deep balls in, in practice, right? That yeah. uh, we've got the we're going to talk about receivers, but we've got the stable of receivers that we can we can go out and run heavy non routes and not wear out receivers because we got so darn many of them. And uh, if we got a quarterback that can sling it and put it up in the air, that might be interesting. Talk about you know running the ball, running the ball, running the ball to set up the play action. <laughs> we may not have to do as much setup. Uh, if we put two and three wides going deep, you can't cover them all because you know they're all good and and uh, they're they're tough to cover. Uh, I hear that we've been running some. We're, I'm talking kind of receiver a little bit, but uh, that we've been with Lane uh, Kiffin introducing more uh, uh, double moves. And so you think about double moves as a way of getting deep, uh, getting free to get deep. You know, if you're even, you're leaving that kind of thing. And so we we pull a double move to get guys deep. And uh, we got a quarterback that throws a um, uh, an accurate deep ball. Those, uh, you know, one plus one equals three sometimes, right? Yeah, man, and double moves, man. How many times have we been calling for that in football games? That would be nice, and, and we can uh, we can chat more about that when we get to wide receivers. But but yeah, it is. We we've talked about the 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 depth that we've had at that position, and 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 we have more now. And so, um, but I do think you hit the nail on the head as far as Jacob Coker. I mean. You know, you, you know, Saban must be doing something right, right, to have his buddy uh, allow him to transfer to Alabama and, and for this to fall in their lap because, you know, had Jacob Coker not come along and, and this had, you know, if this had been a battle between Blake Sims and, and Cooper Bateman, this team is not ranked where they are preseason and the people talking about them running the table is not happening. Th- th- this is a... A barely above 500 level team. If uh, if Jacob Coker is not there now, this is putting a lot of pressure on a kid that we haven't seen play yet. But for him to come in with the experience that he possesses, his size and his arm strength, his mobility, you know, 
it's it's very exciting for Alabama fans. Yeah, and you know, and I wouldn't say we'd be that bad. I wouldn't say you know because there's still a lot of talent all up and down the roster. But uh, you know, if you put a if you put a top flight quarterback in with the rest of the team, you know, there's a multiplier effect you know, relative to the, to the talent and, and the success that, that you can have. And so, yeah, I think that with, with the right quarterback in there, we can compete to win the title, uh, with the wrong quarterback in there, you know, we'll struggle and we'll, you'll have to grind out a lot of uh, running game, low score wins, eking it out on defense, those, those kinds of things. And if we have a quarterback that can, you know, as appears that Jacob is, then, uh, you know, we have the opportunity for this to be a special team. So I kind of stand by, you know, kind of day one starter uh, is is what I've been saying. I stand by that. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to see m- multiple other guys because I think we're going to kind of learn from our mistakes. Uh, we don't want to find ourselves in this position again. And it was it was like Christmas morning when this guy uh, came available and uh, realized that, you know, because he had to make the decision he wanted to transfer, whether sure. he want to transfer, you know, we're, we were going to be on a short list of teams given our, our situation and circumstance, but it's still Christmas morning that, uh, that we get a player like this to come in where there's, you know, amongst all of this other talent, here's, here's an empty seat right at the top of the roster. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else about the quarterback position before we, uh, before we jump to running backs? No, I think we just need to keep them all healthy through the scrimmages. And, uh, and then, you know, I'll look forward to, to seeing how the season kicks off and, and certainly how they play. Why don't we flip, uh, flip over to running back? Man, can we go ahead and, uh, and start talking about your favorite running back to start with, or, or you want to start with TJ? Man, we'll start whichever one you want to. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, man. What, oh, I what know, is the deal? I know. With, Look, what's the, hey. listen, listen. Let's just keep it real on this show. What is the deal with your boy? Really, man, seriously, man. I'm gonna I'm, look. I'll tell you. I love me some Kenyon Drake. I love this guy, except for he just is head banging, uh, frustrating sometimes. And uh, you know, very recently uh, there was a photo in practice, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of film on practice, and and I've been watching a lot of it, and. The the thing that they're doing, all the court, all the running backs are carrying the ball, uh, one ball in each hand, you know, kind of high and tight. We're gonna practice holding onto the ball and making our moves, and we're gonna actually practice both hands at once. We're gonna carry the ball both hands at once. And so there's a picture of the running backs kind of lined up to run through a drill, and uh, you know, it looks like maybe they're kind of waiting. Maybe the coach is coaching up the guy that just came. And Henry, Derek Henry, standing there. And he has just laser-like focus. He's got his hands on the ball, and he's standing there, and he's waiting. And he, you can just look at him, and he, and he exudes the whole Saban mantra of make every rep count. And then you can see behind him, Kenyon Drake is standing there, and he's got both of the balls. He's holding them, but he's holding them like he, he's holding them, got the tips of the ball, got them cradled in his elbows, but then he's got his hands on his hip. And so somehow... He is technically doing what the coaches have asked him to do. It's like when you have a child, you know, that's like they're behaving, but not really. It's it's like he's just trying to like this is the most boring thing in the world to him. And so I'm going to hold the balls like you want me to hold them. Darn it. And then he's just got his hands on his hips. And it and it, the contrast is just to me hilarious. And it just I looked at that picture and I said, damn, that is so Kenyon Drake. And I shake my head. It's like this guy's so frustrating, but I love him so much. But yeah, to your point though, man. I mean, come on. What what is you know, Saban misses nothing, right? 
whether he saw that live or he saw that on on film in the film room, right? I mean, he's just like he's chinking himself further and further down the down the chart, man. He is, but I tell you what, though, he's getting uh, he's getting some uh, some good run in practice. Uh, he had a good day in in the first scrimmage, you know. And one of the pressers, Saban, actually referenced. Uh, he was talking about the receivers, and 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 so when I think when you and I maybe think receivers, we're thinking literally the position wide receivers. Uh, Saban is just thinking pass catchers. And so he's listing the receivers that are performing, that are doing good things, and and capable of creating creating matchups. And so he actually mentions O.J. Howard, and so he's a tight end and not a receiver. And he's you know he but he's a pass catcher, uh, capable of creating mismatches. And the next player that he mentions is Kenyon Drake. He mm-hmm. says you know Howard and Drake are two guys that can catch the ball and and that, that can go out and uh, be used uh, to create matchup problems for defense. And I thought that was pretty telling because we saw Kenyon Drake want to uh, run a uh, a wheel route in a day. And I mean, his speed, my gosh, you take him coming out of the backfield, going to be matched up against a linebacker. I don't know if there's a linebacker that that can keep up with him. So I, I think there's I think he ha- he is going to have a role. He's just got to and hold the ball high and tight, you know, show some want to just act like you want to. And uh, and I think he'll have a, a, a keen opportunity this season. Man, I, I hope you're right, man. man what do you, I'm hoping. What do you, how do you how do you think as far as Yeldon and, and Henry? Do you still hang with your your forecast that you you know the the forecast that's in the viewing guide? Do you, do you still think like uh, you know Yeldon's going to be the guy to start? Yeah, I really do. And 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 look, I'll be honest with you, T.J. Yeldon has to be the most underrated superstar in all of college football. Not just an underrated player, not just an underrated. Yeah, the guy's pretty good. No, this guy is the superstar. Real quick, he he gets no press and he doesn't look for it, right? No, he doesn't. The, the, the most the most emotional thing this guy's ever done is when he, when he did that throat slash in the end zone that he wishes he'd have never done. Yeah, that's yeah, the most yeah. emotional thing I've ever seen him do. Yeah, but he's already because he's already a legend. He already has his own Daniel Moore print, right? I mean that you know the players have to sit around in the locker room saying like I want me a Daniel Moore, right? I mean they, that has to be sort of a thing. And so he got that as a freshman. He's had 2,000-yard seasons. Oh, by the way, that's never happened at Alabama. He is within – if he just does his season average, he he will set the all-time rushing record at Alabama. I mean, he, he's, he's putting himself amongst the immortals in, in the history of our running game, and it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we still have that T.J. Yeldon guy. He's the forgotten guy after, you know, the enigmatic Kenyon Drake – and then everyone's All-American, Derrick Henry, we forget the fact that we have this T.J. Yeldon guy. And, and everybody is drooling at the mouth about Derrick Henry, okay, including me when I watched how he did against Oklahoma, oh, right? absolutely. And that's all people can think about. But I know the listeners have heard us say this before, but I'm going to say it again. I can't help it. What's so funny about T.J. Yeldon or what's so remarkable about T.J. Yeldon is how effortless he looks about how he goes about doing his job. And I will never forget how he turned C.J. Mosley around in that first A-Day game and left him in his dust and went to the sideline. And you and I looked like, what? I really remember arguing with with one of our you know very close friends who knows football as as well as we do. And he said, ah, you know, Yeldon didn't impress me in that A-Day, and so we call out that play, and he's like, I must have missed that. 
And then, you know, what is it? Two series into the game against Michigan that year, he's he's texting us like, okay, I was wrong. You were right. This guy's electric. And so TJ Yeldon is no less electric. Uh, In fact, he's probably more so. He's just the most forgotten player in all of college football, I think. And he stands to be, you know, one of the best players on our team. And look, all the praise that Derrick Henry is getting, it's almost like there's too much, there's not enough praise to go around. Because all the praise that Derrick Henry is getting, guess what? It's fair. Because holy cow, is it not deserving? He was, he was phenomenal against that that, against Oklahoma in that game. And that's sort of the last taste. It's like, leave them wanting more. Well, he left yes. college football, much less Alabama fans wanting more. And, um, you know, I think we're going to get a lot more of it. I think that's going to help the the quarterback come along is that we do have these three running backs and we'll be able to use them in different facets. It'll be, you know, it'll be Dude, interesting. Are you kidding to see me? What this the is going to be great for Coker, man. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, hey, w- let's talk about, you know, Bo Scar- Scarborough, uh, you know, is, is uh, you know, they're, they're appealing. We're going to try to get him back in January. Uh, but what do you think about uh, Alti Tenpenny and uh, Tyron Jones? Man, Alti Tenpenny, you know, I, I really, I, I, I think he deserves to get some touches, man. I just don't see where he's going to get them because we still, I mean, you know, we, we should be mad at ourselves that we haven't even talked about Justin Fowler, right? I mean, we we technically, you know, have not even worked him into the conversation. And so how how can a 10-penny get any run when Justin Fowler's still got to be talked about here? I, I just I, I think 10-penny's gonna have to show himself on special teams. I think the way that that Yeldon and Henry and Drake are able to catch the ball out of the backfield is gonna not allow 10-penny to even get any run there. I, I don't think we see him in, on the offensive side of the ball this year. And you know we might see just a little of him late, late in games when we try to preserve the other guys. I think I think he'll get some run, but you know he looked like a tough runner last year. Uh, he just been maybe didn't know blitz pickup and and didn't get as much run. Uh, Tyron Jones had a little knee procedure last year, and we just said, look, you know we got a big depth chart. We're going to redshirt you. Uh, I think both of those guys they get some carries, not a lot. They're going to be depth uh, depth guys. Uh, I think they have an opportunity to make names for themselves in special teams. Uh, I think that'll be uh, interesting. I think Fowler uh, is going to play more of uh, uh, he's going to you know H back and a little bit of receiver. You know he caught what seven passes last year and five of them were for touchdowns. That's pretty phenomenal. Right. Uh, you know he he's stealing he's stealing other people's touchdowns uh, in the goal line. I think he's going to play some fullback. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, and I do think we open it up and we try to get him. Look, it's going to be hard for him to beat five touchdowns. That's a lot. Uh, yes. But he's going to get more than seven carries. And I think he becomes more of a weapon between the 20s. If he can replicate what he did uh, scoring production-wise, I'd, frankly, that would be phenomenal. But uh, I think he could easily, easily double his uh, his touches and his production between the 20s. Uh, I think we're going to see him uh, used a little more often. My thought on Bo Scarborough, I think he's a phenomenally talented kid. And I really, you know, I'm not going to wish anything ill on anyone. But if we're going to look for a silver lining on him, then we don't have to redshirt him. We don't need him. him right now. Yeah. We don't have to redshirt him this year, nor do we have to burn uh, a redshirt for him this year. And so right. he'll come back next year after Yeldon's gone. Uh, you know, look, I think Drake's going to be gone this year. 
Uh, and then so Henry's going to come back with one more year. And then if Bo comes in after participating in in uh, spring uh, next year, well, he has a chance to be in the in the in sort of the one two three rotation next year and not have not have had lost any of his uh, eligibility. Right. I think if you're going to look for a silver lining, that's probably the best thing that could happen happen uh, to Bo is that he could be the number one guy for two or three years even after uh, Henry leaves. No, that's true. That's true. I, I would be shocked if if Drake leaves. I hope I hope Drake realizes that he should hang around. Um, I, I think it would benefit him greatly if 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 he stays for another year. I agree with you, but I <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, so sometimes, so you know, we're kind of banking on all this good thing that I'm saying is that he can even stay out of the doghouse for this season, right? Correct. And so there's a little bit of I don't know if I I don't know. As much as I love the kid, I don't know if I want to press my luck on that one. Right, I'm with you on that. All right. Hey, why don't we uh, why don't we come back and talk about wide receivers and tight ends? Man, sounds good. Fantastic. Hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Hey, I want to point you to our uh, 2014 Alabama Viewing Guide, BamaHammer.com, and uh, you'll find uh, some signage there that'll uh, carry to our guide. You know, questions to watch for in camp and during the season that we're probably not going to talk a lot about uh, during these shows. Uh, it's forecasted lineups and uh, rotational players, breakout players, and it's all for the insanely low price of uh, $4.99. We had some guys buy it last year, paid over 20 bucks for it, and said it was the best thing that they found on the market. So uh, this is an incredibly low price. It's over 100 pages of content, which is just insane. And uh, all for the cup of uh, price of a cup of coffee. So go to BamaHammer.com and uh, pick that up. Hey, another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, coach? Aye. Of course. Roll Tide.